0: This is a podcast from the University of Manchester's Jodrell Bank Centre for Astrophysics. For the full show and archives, visit Jodcast.net.
1: The night sky for August 2020. In last month's night sky, I suggested you looked out for what are called noctilucent clouds, very high ice clouds seen in the north, illuminated by the sun when it's below the horizon. Well, they did occur, and on the 11th of July, a colleague of mine, David Tolliday, took a wonderful picture of them over Manchester. But also in the sky then, of course, was comet Neowise. It's a beautiful picture, and I would suggest you have a look for it. Search for Night Sky Jogrel, and drop down to the Centre for Astrophysics, and you'll find it. Well, what about this month? As darkness falls, the bright star Arcturus in Bhutas is falling towards the western horizon. And centre stage in the south is a summer triangle made up of the three stars Deneb in Cygnus, Vega in Lyra and Altair in Aquila. It's a lovely part of the sky and the Milky Way runs through Cygnus and if you have a really dark sky and a clear transparent sky as well, you should be able to see it almost directly overhead this month. Just up to the left of Vega, with binoculars, you might spot a double star, Epsilon Lyra. Actually, two stars, Epsilon 1, Epsilon 2. But if you use a telescope, when the seeing is good, you'll see that each of these is itself a double star. So it's called the double-double. Also, to the left of the line between Altair and Deno, there's a rather sweet little constellation called Delphinus the Dolph. Then, rising as the night moves on, from the east is the square of Pegasus, and above that is the Andromeda Galaxy. That can be found fairly easily by starting with the star at the top left of the square called Alpharats, moving one star over to the left and up a bit, fork round a bit to the next bright star and then turn sharp right. You'll find one star before long, and following that you may spot a little fuzzy blob, and that's the Andromeda Galaxy. And now the planets. Jupiter is visible throughout the hours of darkness, lying up to the left of the teapot in Sagittarius. It reached opposition on July 14th, and is now visible in the south-southeast as darkness falls, and crosses the meridian, so highest in elevation, at 11.30pm BST at the start of the month, and by 9.30pm by month's end. Its magnitude dims slightly from minus 2.7 to minus 2.6 during the month, whilst its angular size falls slightly from 47 to 44 arc seconds. Sadly, even when due south, it will only have an elevation of about 16 degrees above the horizon, so the atmosphere will limit our views. A highlight on the night sky page gives the times when the great red spot faces the Earth. Saturn well Saturn follows Jupiter into the sky some 8 degrees behind as August begins. It reached opposition on the 20th of July, so again is visible throughout the hours of darkness, and along with Jupiter, dominates the southern sky in the late evening. Its magnitude drops slightly during the month, from plus 0.1 to plus 0.3, whilst its angular size decreases from 18.4 to 18 arc seconds. The ring spans some 42 arc seconds across, and at 22 degrees to the line of sight, have opened up very slightly from some previous months. Saturn lies in Sagittarius, close to the border of Capricornus. Sadly again, its lower elevation when crossing the meridian will somewhat limit our views of this most beautiful planet. Now Mercury, while well, it's barely visible in the pre-dawn sky as August begins, with a magnitude of minus 0.9 and a 6.1 arc-second disk. As it moves away from the Earth, it becomes less visible, and it passes behind the Sun on August 17th. Now Mars, in Pisces, can be seen towards the southeast at the start of the month, rising three hours after sunset as August begins, and two hours by its end. Its magnitude will rise from minus 1.1 to minus 1.8 during the month, as its angular size increases from 14.6 to 18.7 arc seconds, It reaches an elevation of about 40 degrees as dawn approaches, to so amateur telescopes will enable one to see features, such as Sirtis Major on its surface, when the seeing conditions are good. And finally, Venus. Well, Venus rises about 2 a.m. in the north-northeast throughout the month, but as the sun rises later as the days pass, the interval between Venus rise and Sunrise increases by about 20 minutes. It shines at magnitude minus 4.5 as August begins, dropping to minus 4.3 by month's end, whilst the angular size shrinks from 27 to 20 arc seconds. During the same time, however, its phase, which is the illuminated percentage of the disk, increases from 43 to 59%, which is why the fall in magnitude is not that great. Venus reaches greatest elongation west on August the 12th, some 46 degrees away from the Sun. Lying in Taurus as August begins, it passes into the upper left of Orion on the 5th of August, before moving into Germany on the 13th, and ends the month lying about 9 degrees below Pollux, the head of one of the heavenly twins. And finally, the highlights of the month. Well, August is a great month to view Jupiter. As I've said earlier, it lies in Sagittarius, but sadly only reaches an elevation of 16 degrees when crosses the meridian. An interesting observation is that the great red spot appears to be diminishing in size. At the beginning of the last century, it spanned about 40,000 kilometres across, but now only appears to be about 16,500 kilometres across. The shrinking rate appears to be accelerating, and observations indicate It's now reducing in size by about 580 miles per year. Will, I wonder, it eventually disappear? I give a list on the night sky page of the best late evening times when the great red spot is facing the Earth. So now let's move on. August the 1st, late evening. If it's clear, you see Jupiter towards the south above a waxing gibbous moon with Saturn over to its left. On the 9th of August, Mars can be seen above a waning moon one day before third quarter. And, of course, we have a meteor shower this month. On the mornings of the 12th to the 13th, perhaps from midnight to dawn, look out for the Perseid meteors. The early morning of the 12th of August will probably give us the best chance if clear of viewing the shower, for the peak is quite broad. It's well-observing on the nights before and after. Most meteors are seen looking about 50 degrees from the Radiant, which lies between Perseus and Cassiopeia. On the 11th, the moon at third quarter rises just after midnight, so as night goes on, its light will begin to hide the fainter meteors. On the 12th and 13th, it rises later, and its phase will have reduced, so its effects will be less. Now, you need to view a very wide area of the sky. Normal binoculars really won't work, but there's a rather interesting pair, of two point one times forty two they are almost opera classes vixen make them as do others i have reviewed that one in the astronomy digest which is linked to on the night sky page and that gives you a field of view of twenty seven degrees and will enable you to see fainter meteors in that area on august the fifteenth before dawn venus can be seen below a very thin crescent moon but you'll need to have a low horizon between the east and northeast you may well need binoculars but please do not use them after the sun has risen. An interesting one this on August the 31st, about six minutes past 5 a.m., I spotted on Stellarium that the International Space Station will pass very close to Mars, nominally at 05.06.45 BST. That's assuming Stellarium is right. Just after 30 seconds later, it passes very close to the Pleiades cluster above. I usually mention something to do with the moon and this month I'm going to mention the Hyginus Rill which is best visible on August the 9th and 25th because that's when the Terminator lies close by. For some time a debate raged as to whether the crates on the moon were caused by impacts or volcanic activity. We now know that virtually all were caused by impact but it's thought that the Hyginus crater that lies in the centre of the rill may well be volcanic in origin. It's an 11 kilometres wide rimless pit, in contrast with impact craters which have raised rims, and its close association with the rill of the same name associates it with internal lunar events. It can be quite easily seen to be surrounded by dark material, it is thought that an explosive release of dust and gas created a vacant space below the surface, so the overlying part of the surface collapsed into it, so forming the crater. Thanks for that, Ian, and for our Southern Hemisphere listeners, here's Haritina Mogosanu and Samuel Lesky with the Night Sky Where You Are.
2: Kia from New Zealand.
0: Kia from New Zealand. We are Haritina Mogosanu
2: and Samuel Lesky
0: with the Southern Hemisphere Night Sky segment for the JODcast. In August 2020, we have a couple of spectacular planets in the evening sky. Jupiter and Saturn, the center of our galaxy, climbs its zenith. And with it, all the beautiful deep sky objects that we're so looking forward to seeing every year.
2: And unfortunately for us, although there are many meteor showers in the northern part of the sky, they're quite low on the horizon for us to enjoy them, as northern hemispherians do.
0: Probably this is one of the better features of the sky in the north. You can see a really good meteor shower when it occurs. Here's what's in the sky in August.
2: First, the planets. With the launch of NASA's Perseverance, as well as the UAE's and China's Mars missions, all eyes are on Mars for the next few months. Our eyes will be on Mars as well, because from now until October, Mars is only going to get better and better in the night sky. At the start of the month, it rises at just after 11 pm in Pisces, 95 million kilometers away. At that distance, it's only a tiny 14.6 arc seconds in size, which is not much smaller than Saturn, less the rings, of course.
0: By the end of the month, the red planet is still in Pisces and rising at just before 10 pm and has got about 20 million kilometers closer to us. This will put Mars at a size of nearly 19 arc seconds in the eyepiece, bigger than Saturn and just under half the size of Jupiter. By early October, it will be just over 60 million kilometers away and nearly 23 arc seconds in size. You've got two months to get used to observing the red planet and improving your imaging skills to capture the stunning details of the planet as it reaches opposition. When it's so close to Earth, you can even draw Mars as you look at it through a telescope. And the best thing about that is that the main feature that we see through the telescope, the top or bottom of Sirtis Major, is where Perseverance is headed to.
2: The two guest giants that are dominating the evening sky are also a great sight to see over August. Saturn rises between Capricornus and Sagittarius before sunset at around 4.20pm and by sunset it's nearly 15 degrees above the horizon. At the end of the month it is rising two hours earlier so it's in a very fortunate position for observing in the early evening. Opposition for Saturn is on the 2nd of August 2021 so we've got a year to wait, though at 1.4 billion kilometres. It's not going to look a whole lot different throughout the month.
0: Jupiter rises about 40 minutes before Saturn in Sagittarius throughout the month and joins Saturn in a very favorable viewing position in the early evening. Great for the astronomers who like to go to bed early. A great feature of Jupiter is that you can witness an eclipse many times a month. One of these is from 9.18pm on 7th of August when you can watch Europa disappear into the brightness of Jupiter followed by the shadow appearing on the planet's disk at 10.25pm.
2: Venus tracks its way closer and closer to the Sun in our early morning sky throughout the month. The brightest of the planets is visible just below Orion and ends the month near Procyon in Canis Minor. Mercury is heading behind the sun as the month progresses so it is not going to be visible except at the very start of the month and then with some difficulty.
0: Scorpius has been dominating the night sky so far in winter as it occupies the zenith in the evening. Now we are seeing Sagittarius rising higher and higher each night and dragging with it the constellation of Capricornus.
2: We have some good news for the people who like golf. From New Zealand, the Capricorn, which is supposed to be a goat with a horn, alluding to the legend of the Horn of Plenty, looks in fact exactly like a gold flag, yet a gigantic one. On the other side of Scorpius, Libra, the scale, is on a descending path onto the horizon, and Virgo's star speaker is even closer to the horizon.
0: In the morning, we are seeing the return to our skies of Orion rising earlier and earlier each night, upside down. The season of Matariki is closed now and the Pleiades is also becoming more and more visible in the morning sky, rising at 3am.
2: Moving to the deep sky objects, they are fantastic at this time of the year as the center of the Milky Way reaches the zenith. It brings up the amazing nebula of Omega, Eagle, Triffid and Lagoon. Lagoon is an amazing nebula to look at in the telescope with a large open cluster, NGC 6530, next to the bright nebula. A short distance away is the Triffid Nebula or M20. It's easy to spot the distinctive shape that led to its common name.
0: Heading down the Milky Way towards Scutum, you'll find the Omega Nebula or M17. This is a bright nebula easily visible in even modest telescopes. Not far from Omega, you will find the much fainter Eagle Nebula, or M16, which is home to the pillars of creation from the famous Hubble Space Telescope image
2: of this nebula. And
0: on that note, we're wishing
2: you... Clear skies, everyone.
0: Clear skies.
2: And see you next month.
0: See you next month.